Hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone is having an absolutely fantastic day today, and hope everybody is staying strong and healthy as always. And be sure to check out the website, the product of the week, which I told you guys yesterday, y'all voted, and it won the B-Complex formula, our top-tier methylated B-Complex formula that is loaded with top-tier B vitamins. Helps out with the nervous system, helps out with adrenals, with stress, with cardiovascular health. B vitamins are essential to overall health and energy because, remember, B vitamins are water-soluble. They do not store up long-term in the body. They're not fat-soluble, meaning you take B vitamins – they're going to be flushed out of your system within probably a couple days, even with the maximum dosage. So it's always important to continually keep your body loaded with B vitamins. And it was interesting the other day, I was stopping by Walmart. I told you guys this for I was with Lana. She needed to grab something, which I just absolutely loathe Walmart. I haven't been there probably a year and a half. And when I went in there, I remembered why I haven't been there in a year and a half. And while she was grabbing some stuff, you know, I wanted to look at the wall of vitamins they have. They're ultra cheap. Well, they used to be cheap. They're not so cheap anymore. A lot of their really, I should say, very poor quality vitamins are still in the upward range of 10 to 15 to $20 a bottle now, which I was shocked considering the fact we probably have one of the highest quality ultimate multiples in the world, and we're only at $28 because I've hardly raised my price at all, even though the core cost has gone up. It was interesting. There was a vitamin there called the B-complex, and I was like, all right, let me see, you know, I'll bite, I'll see what's in this. And I'm, I'm not going to, I don't remember what name brand it was. There was a couple different ones I was looking at. All of them were very poor quality, though. So I picked it up, and, you know, I looked at the other ingredients. The first, the first ingredient was calcium carbonate. And then it went on all these fillers, like a whole paragraph of fillers. I'm like, this is a B vitamin. You know what? And it had this kind of spectrum of B vitamins in it that it didn't tell you anything as far as what quality they were. If you look at ours, for example, it shows our vitamin B12. We'll say as methylcobalamin, the methylated B vitamin form, not the cyanide cobalamin, not the synthetic form. And what's interesting was this is supposed to be some really big B complex, fancy label on it. It was like $16, $17 a bottle. And the first thing I looked at was the B12. Of course, it doesn't show even what type it is, which you automatically know it's cyanide cobalamin just by the price and the fact that they don't advertise as methylcobalamin. And it had a whopping 15 megagrams of B12. 15, one five. And I started kind of laughing when I saw that because I was like, that's not even a significantly clinical relevant dosage. 15 megagrams of B12. And then it said 100% of your daily value, which as anybody knows, if you look up the DVs as far as the daily values of what they recommend, for example, vitamin C, they recommend 60 milligrams a day, which as anybody knows from an immune response standpoint, that's an absolute joke. But that's the amount that they have designated that prevents you from getting scurvy. 60 milligrams a day prevents you at the very best prevents you from getting scurvy. And so when you look at those numbers, don't be fooled when you start seeing these absolutely ridiculous, you know, daily recommended value. It's got 100% of it. For example, our B-complex formula for one capsule has 400 micrograms for one capsule, and it's methylated, methylcobalamin. And you can look at the panathenic acid. You can look at the folate, which is 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, the actual absorbable form of folate, the 5-MTHF, which we also carry by itself, and all the other vitamins, 
that as far as the B vitamins in there that are top tier, high quality, very significant dosages. And that is why so many people, when they run the B complex that we have, they're like, wow, I actually feel like I got a punch of energy and it's not caffeinated energy. But I understand that you don't get this crash. Like you just drink two or three cups of coffee and you're all tweaked out and running around. You have good, natural, healthy, sustainable energy. That's why I always run the B vitamins in the morning. And then I usually take some more with lunchtime. I generally don't take them later on at night because they will have a tendency to keep you up, not from a caffeine style again, keeping you up, but it'll just kind of keep you awake and alert and you'll be wanting to do stuff when in reality, you probably need to be sleeping so you can get some rest. So be sure to check that out. That will be on sale here in the next hour for product of the week on the front page of the website. And one report that I wanted to cover real quick is I've already had people emailing about it and people are already starting to get spooked. And I want to remind everybody, the media puts out fear porn to base off algorithmic response to see how people are going to handle it. There's been the article. It's literally been posted on probably a 100 different mainstream articles about how China is now reporting the first human case of bird flu and a four-year-old boy that was around chickens over in China. Obviously, you can see from this, in any other period of time, this would not even made headlines outside of China anywhere. One individual testing positive for some type of H3NA bird flu is completely irrelevant in the scheme of things. The reason why they're doing this is they're wanting to see who's going to bite on it and who's going to get scared and what the tweets, what the hashtags, what the responses, what the social media, what everything is going to do and see the comments that people are going to make. And they base everything off algorithms. I can't stress that anymore. You have to understand how these guys work. It's basically a marketing ploy. It's, it's like direct mail marketing. They throw out X amount of baits, X amount of letters, X amount of emails, and they see what sticks. And if something sticks, they go, okay, we're getting an algorithmic spike. There's a large percentage of people that are showing tremendous amount of fear and loathing on this topic. We're seeing a lot of terrified posts, a lot of tweets that people are scared about this. Let's punch it out there a couple more days and see if it gets any more traction. This is what they'll do. They'll punch out there a couple more days. If it gets more traction – They'll do another marketing launch on it, and they'll start putting the article out and start expanding. Oh, no, we found that the family had another son that's tested positive now for bird flu, and they'll see what it does, and they'll continue to roll out the response, and then if it fizzles and nobody bites, then all of a sudden they go, okay, we can't get a response on this. Mainstream media has pushed it hard. This obviously is going nowhere. This exact same thing they did with the Ukraine war. Any other point in history – any other conflict in any other country, if the media doesn't tell you about it, you wouldn't even know about it. For example, there's been a 10-year war going on in Yemen. There was another missile strike when I told you guys about three or four weeks ago that killed like 96 civilians in Yemen. That didn't even make the news outside of Africa. Why? Because they didn't want it to make the news outside of Africa. It's like that movie Sicario that Dad was talking about the other day. There's an incredibly violent but very realistic gunfight scene at a border crossing when they're basically extracting an individual out of Mexico, bringing him back into the military base in El Paso. And they end up with this big gunfight. Well, they don't really end up getting hurt. All the, the cartel guys end up not making it out. And they're making comments. They go, oh, my gosh. They said, this, this is going to be all over basically the news, mainstream news. Everybody's going to cover it. And the guy jumps on the comms. He goes, dude, this isn't even going to make the El Paso news tomorrow. It's not even going to get talked about. 
Why? Because they don't want it to get talked about. So you have to understand that and always remember, as I've told everybody, if you got your vitamins and you got your health and you got your exercise and your nutrients and you're taking your C and your D and you're staying strong and you're breathing fresh air and you're getting good sunlight and your D3 levels are at a good level whenever you get blood work, there's no reason at all under any circumstances to be nervous, scared, or especially worried about what the mainstream media says when it comes to health. Because remember, Mainstream media only does one thing, and that is to make sure they guarantee the profits for the pharmaceutical industrial complex marketing staff that provides 70% of their income. I've talked to Lana yesterday. There's a doctor that she goes to that does vitamin C IVs. She's still a medical doctor, and she does take insurance. And yesterday, Lana went over there to get a vitamin C IV. She was kind of feeling run down, throat was a little sore. She got the vitamin C IV. Today, she feels fantastic. And when she got in there, they said, Oh, we just have to let you know now, no insurance on vitamin C. And she goes, I'm self-pay. And they go, oh, that's right. We forgot about that. She goes in the back room. They go, oh, we just want to remind you, there's no no, no insurance anymore on vitamin C. And she goes, I know that. I'm self-pay. I got it. I've never asked for insurance, period. They go, okay. And then one of the other girls brought it up. One of the girls in there, she knows really well that's been there for years. And she goes, what, what is going on with this? Why does everybody keep telling me there's no insurance for vitamin C? A, I don't have health insurance. We save money and invest money and have backup money, basically, that we would have spent $1,200 per month on health insurance for the family, and we accordingly, you know, basically save with it for what we need. And she goes, secondly, what's up with insurance not covering it? And she goes, oh, insurance has basically dropped all vitamin C coverage. They said they will not cover it. If it is not basically an FDA-approved drug or an FDA-approved treatment, insurance companies will not cover it under any circumstances. She, and Lana goes, so – we know that intravenous vitamin C will literally knock out almost any virus. We also know that it massively enhances the immune system naturally with virtually no side effects. And why won't they cover their insurance? And the girl goes, well, you pretty much know why. <laughs> and Lana goes, yeah, I thought so. This is what is going on. And, of course, if you don't have access to intravenous vitamin C, the vitamin C with the antioxidants that we have, I've told you guys before, you can microdose that throughout the day with usually about two to three capsules, which is about 1,800 milligrams, and you can run that three to four to five times per day spread out with food until you hit bowel tolerance. I found that if you take about 1,800 milligrams and you take it with a meal and you take it, like I said, three to four to five times a day, you can actually get an enormous amount of vitamin C in your system and blood levels saturated with vitamin C without having any negative side effects as far as with gastrointestinal issues as far as with, you know, bowels. So again, there's a lot of options out there in order to stay strong and healthy and fit, and one of them is not listening to the mainstream media, and I can tell you that right now. But I wanted to throw that out there first thing to remind everybody, we haven't been given a spirit of fear. We've been given basically a power of love and a sound mind from God Almighty. So stop living in fear with this stuff. Remember, the mainstream media is there to do their algorithmic research to see what's going to catch and what they can take to the next stage of marketing and see how many people are going to fall in line. They are diametrically opposed to freedom. That's a, that's a fact. They are absolutely irate right now that this Florida judge overturned this mask mandate on planes. I've been reading articles about them. The, the CDC has come unglued with them. They've written multiple articles to the Department of Justice about how it is not right. It is not okay. We do have the ability to basically tell anybody what they could do. Judges should not have the ability to change this. 
Well, of course, I've told you before, it's because everybody just got a real eyeful realizing the CDC does not have any legitimate teeth whatsoever. They're not an enforcement agency. They have not been granted power by Congress to be ratified to start going in and telling people what they have to do in their daily lives. They can put recommendations, and that is the extent of what they do. Other than that, they're a research laboratory that's also a 501c3 corporation that is also a government entity that is also a private entity. How all those interconnect, I not know how legally, but they do allegedly with the CDC, including taking outside donations from other countries, which they can legally do through their 501c3 corporation. So understand what they're telling you, why they're telling you, and the real reasons they put this stuff out there to see what the algorithms are going to show them so they can further to their marketing in the mainstream media via fear porn. What do you think, Dad? I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I've, I've done a lot of direct mail marketing, uh, gosh, 40 years ago when we started Health Masters. That's before we had the Internet or before we had podcasts, and, and direct mail was still really big. And there are books out there. I know Rene Ganam wrote a really good book on direct mail marketing. This is back – I bought the thing. It was a very expensive book. Uh, he's long gone now, but the reality is, is that he had a lot of good information in it. And I'll never forget, you know, what you do with a direct mail marketing, because this is before we had algorithms of the Internet, you'd send out like a 1,000 or 10,000 letters. Probably 1,000 would do it. And you send it to a really good demographic area, and then you see what kind of response you'd get back with the return cards. And the return cards would tell you what percentage of return. Let's say you send out a 1,000 cards. Let's say you had 50 cards come back. Well, that would be a 5% return that people were actually interested in that particular topic. And then you send additional information out to those 50 people, and you'd have about 10% of those people or whatever, maybe four or five more, decide that they were interested in hearing about what you were talking about. And that's how you did it. That's how the, that's how the original algorithms were developed in marketing. It was done through direct mail. And then when radio came on, then people started doing it through radio, and they would see what kind of percentage you would get as far as return from your investment if you bought a radio spot. And then they knew that you'd have to do a radio spot X amount of times to get X amount of return as far as people needing to hear it. And all of these things have been basically honed now in the past hundred years to this whole thing with the Internet with algorithms. And that's why they want AI to control the algorithmic base on the, on, on the Internet because there's so many data points coming in so fast. I'll give you an example. If you say that Elon Musk was a member of the Young Globals Forum, and apparently he was, according to some research that was done by several different authors, and, and now they're saying that he is. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Then all of a sudden, you know, all that information starts getting swept under the covers, and nobody wants, and nobody can find the information anymore on Elon Musk because he's being put out there now as this person is supposed to save us. Well, if he's a member of the World Economic Forum and is a young global leader, which he probably is, then you start to realize he's in the same, how should I say, group of people that are doing this. Just like Vladimir Putin was. He was one of their keynote speakers. And all of these people are working together by controlling algorithmic functions of stories. When the Ukraine war starts to lose interest with people, then they have to talk about how Russia is about to nuke the West again. And now we're about to go to World War III. And all of a sudden people snap back tight again. They start looking at the war again. When COVID starts to wean away and nobody wants to talk about that anymore, suddenly you got to have a new strain of COVID release. If people want to talk about we don't want masks anymore, suddenly you have to come out with why masks are important or why Kamala Harris has now been diagnosed with COVID. This is the uh, big mouth hoe in the White House, the vice president, of course. And suddenly now they're going to be able to push mail-in ballots again for the November election because – the vice president got COVID. We have to push mail-in ballots. I mean, it never ends. And all of this stuff is pushed out into the algorithm base because what they have now, because of the NSA, 
everybody's computers are monitored. Everybody's telephones are monitored. Everybody's cell phones are monitored. Everybody's everything is monitored all the time, including having cameras watch your basically facial recognition when you talk about things or you see certain pictures on the Internet. All of this stuff is being done continually as we basically spy on everybody on the planet now, the NSA supercomputers. They're all like D-Wave supercomputers, and they can handle all of that data at once. And then they spit out this giant thing like, oh, wait, this thing that we need to talk about, Elon Musk, that's getting too much traction. we got to make sure all of these things no longer get pushed up into the search engines. This is why I told you the other day I started talking about how these people are having these events now. and They're bringing these globalists and Kabbalists and Luciferians in to speak along with notable medical doctors. Right. I talked about this on Monday and suddenly they have 20 million live views that are paying ten dollars a piece that are streaming for two hundred million dollars. Guys, listen to me. I'm at the point of being redundant. I'm going to say it again. That doesn't happen. You, you can't have that happen. You know, YouTube yoked us off the Internet years ago. I mean, five years ago, YouTube pulled us down because the algorithms were saying that the Ted Dawson Brower show are telling you guys the truth and people are starting to listen and we don't want to have them build a YouTube platform for the Ted Dawson Brower show. That's what they do. And suddenly you get these people who come out of nowhere, and I've talked about this repeatedly, who basically have these huge Internet followings like within three days. I mean, it's insane. And then all of a sudden they get the top guests on, the top people on, and they start making all these crazy claims on their show, but they put out 80% truth. But the other 20% are complete and total lies. Joe Rogan does the same thing. You know, like the other day, Joe Rogan had Mike Tyson on. Now, why he would have Mike Tyson on, I have no idea. Mike Tyson's a good fighter, but he's not a good orator. I mean, he seems like a pretty nice guy. And of course, I watched him on a plane the other day. Some punk was giving him a hard time. He's jumped up and just beat the guy upside the head about four or five times, which I found was interesting. I don't know if he was charged or not. I'm probably not because he's Mike Tyson. But Mike Tyson started talking about hunting clubs that actually hunt human beings. Well, then you go, then you, then you can look up the Ninth Circle Satanic Ring and you find out that there are a lot of people out there that are saying that these people are actually doing stuff like that and hunting human beings for sport. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. It probably is considering how sick these people are. But the reality is, is that they always allow certain amounts of information to go out because they got to tell you what they're going to do. And, you know, if this is where they're going with this, they're going to put us in FEMA camps. Now the, now, now the young world, the world economic forum is saying that if you don't listen to the lockdowns, you don't listen to them, that you're going to have to be put back in the reeducation camps. That's the same thing that Hillary Clinton said, isn't it? That if they don't want to listen, if these conservatives don't want to listen, if these white Christians, black Christians and Hispanic Christians and these Hardcore conservatives who believe in the Constitution don't want to listen. You've got to lock them up in re-education camps. Lock them up. And, you know, and then you got Harvard. They just threw $100 million into some type of fund for slave reparations to do research. It's not for scholarships. It's to do research on who at Harvard was basically involved in slave ownership two or three or 400 years ago or whatever. And, you know, what they can do with the families now to try to create some type of contact and dialogue with the families of the slave who were working for Harvard hundreds of years ago. You know, if, if Harvard did this, if they said, look, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a hundred million dollar, you know, you know, fund for scholarships for, for black folks. Okay. I would have no problem with that. I really wouldn't. I think that'd be pretty nice, honestly, you know, because of what happened with slaves is Harvard apparently owned a bunch of slaves. The university did. And the people who founded the university did. But, you know, just to try to blame people, though, for slavery who came from other countries who had nothing to do with slavery doesn't make any sense. You think, well, Ted, I can't believe you're talking about slave reparations. Look, here's the thing, guys. If your organization is that old and it was directly involved in it, it's kind of a different kind of parameter, isn't it? 
the people that came to this country who basically had nothing to do with slavery at all. Like my parents, my grandfather came over in the late 1800s. That was long after slavery had been abolished in the United States, and he basically became a farmer up in Iowa. And so for, for, for a lot of us, we have no recollection of any of that stuff, and slave reparations are nonsense. But for the federal government to try to charge us for slave reparations is also nonsense because nobody alive today is a slave in the United States that I know of unless they're being sex trafficked, and nobody alive in, in the day in the United States you know, owned a slave. That's how I look at it. But there are a lot of organizations and groups like Harvard. If they go back like that and they were involved in it, they could do something like that. It'd be nice. But the reality is, is don't start telling the federal government they've got to start charging us money for slave reparations because slavery is very, very real right now in the world. It's still very, very real in the Middle East and in China and in Africa. But nobody wants to talk about that. You get these guys up on their kicking parades. They don't want to talk about any of that, nor do they want to talk about the people who enslaved the blacks in Africa were their own tribal leaders, and they did it for slave bees. I've talked about this in depth before with you guys. So there's a lot of blame to go in a lot of different directions. And then you have to deal with the, the Luciferian Kabbalists in London who ran the slave trade. Just thought <laughs> I'd mention that too. They've got a whole lot of blame with all of that stuff. In fact, the guy who wrote that one song, Amazing Grace, he had been a slave trader. He was a Jewish fellow who'd been involved in the slave trade, and he basically converted to Christianity, and he wrote the, the book, you know, you know that, that song, you know, you know, what a wretch was I. And that's what he was talking about, what he was and what he did, the amazing grace. So all of these things, you've got to look back into history. You've got to try to unwrap the veneer bubble that had been put on the historical books as far as the spin, because the spin is great on all of that stuff. Sometimes it's very, very difficult to, to get literature unless you go back to the Library of Congress and you get to the Dewey Decimal System, whatever they're using there now, and you try to find a book that hasn't been edited or basically taken out of print and destroyed to try to find out what really happened and what these guys really said. And then you look back at like you look back at Bernays. That was the Kabbalist Luciferian, the cousin of Sigmund Freud, who basically developed mass marketing and mass psychosis. Edward Bernays was an American business consultant who was widely recognized as the father of public relations. As the father of enslavement, who he was. He's a Kabbalist, Luciferian, satanic, Satanist weirdo. He was one of the men responsible for selling World War I to the American public by branding it as a war that was necessary to make the world safe for democracy. During the 20s, he then consulted for a number of major corporations, helping them to boost their business to expertly crafted marketing campaigns aimed at influencing public opinion. This is exactly what Austin was talking about earlier with this algorithm. In 1928, Edward Bernays published his famous book, Propaganda, which he outlined the theories behind the successful public relations endeavors. The book provides insights into the phenomenon of crowd psychology and outlines effective methods for manipulating people's habits and opinions. Goebbels, the propaganda minister of Germany, loved the book Propaganda, and he's the one who basically was quoted by Goebbels as the master of training people to do what they want as Pavlovian dogs. He goes on to say, we are governed and our minds are molded and our tastes are formed and our ideas suggested largely by men we've never heard of. This is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized. Vast number of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together and function smoothly. If we understand the mechanism and the motive, uh, motives of the group mind, it, it is not po if, if we understand the mechanisms and motives of the group mind, it is not possible to control and regiment the masses according to our will without their knowing about it. Number one, if you manipulate the leader of a group, the people will follow. 
That's like Donald Trump, correct? This is like Elon Musk, correct? It's like Ron DeSantis, right? He says, words are powerful. The key to influencing a group is the clever use of language and how you say it. Any medium of communication is also a medium for propaganda. Reiterating the same idea over and over creates habits and convictions. Like I talked about earlier on these talk shows and on these commercials, you got to say it over and over again. And numbers five, things are not desired for their intrinsic worth, but rather for the symbols that they represent. That's very important. I want a new pickup truck. Not because, you know, really what it's valued for, but I like new pickup trucks. I like the way I feel when I drive a new pickup truck. I like the way the new pickup truck handles. I like not having to put batteries and tires and having the truck in the shop all the time without having to have repairs done to it all the time. So that's that's what they do. That's why one of the things that I always try to tell people, you are not what you drive. Now, don't get me wrong. I like new pickup trucks. But the reality is if you don't want to spend the money for a new pickup truck, it wants to be 70000 bucks now, which is insanity, $80,000, some of them, then drive one that's basically a really well-maintained truck or keep the one that you currently have as long as you're not having problems with it. Because that way you don't fall into this propaganda mindset of what they are. In other words, you are not what you drive. But Edward Bernays wanted you to believe that. You, he wanted you to believe that, that basically you were what you drove, drive. And number six, no one can manipulate individual actions by creating circumstances that modify group customs. What does that mean? What are the true reasons why the purchaser is planning to spend his money on a new car instead of a new piano? He buys a car because it is at the moment the group custom to buy cars. The modern propagandist therefore sets to work, create circumstances which modify the group custom. This is Chevrolet. This remember Chevrolet back in the 70s when they were like General Motors was all about Chevrolet, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. Remember that? For you guys who are younger than me, a lot younger than me, you won't remember that. But they had all these jingles all the time that were used to basically create mass marketing hypnosis. If you remember back in the 60s, Winston tastes good like a cigarette should. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Wow. I'd walk a mile for a camel all of these things were specifically designed to do brain entrainment and to have you say these jingles over and over and over again so your mind would start thinking about these things all of the time to train you into group sake and to massively increase the sales of these organizations and see and this is exactly what they've done with all of the organizations in the world that are controlled through this mind control they basically come in the media does it cnn does it abc does it cbs does it they, all of them do they have certain colors of the studio, certain positions of the people that are speaking, certain mouth positions, certain colors of ties, all of that is based on algorithmic research that shows if you wear a navy blue suit or a black suit with a burgundy tie, it's a power suit, and people listen to you. Okay, If you show up in a pair of flip-flops and a T-shirt, they're not going to listen to you. All of this stuff is based on algorithms. This is what they're doing with Elon Musk. When the algorithms show that people like Elon Musk, they have to make him a hero. I'm going to restore free speech by buying Twitter. Okay, we'll see if he does. I want the whole world to be hooked up to a Neuralink. Okay, he'll probably do that. All of these things basically are part of the algorithms to see how people respond. And then when they find somebody who gets favorable response, like with an algorithm, they suddenly give them more money and more finances. And they start saying, Elon Musk is trying to save free speech. No, he's not. You care less. Elon Musk is another Rothschild Kabbalist Luciferian cutout. 
Now, whether he's a true Kabbalist himself, I don't know. But I'm telling you that the Rothschild banking cartel and the people who run the planet are funding him. That's why I'm so iffy about Ron DeSantis. I mean, I really, really like Ron DeSantis, and I really hope he's legit. But does he have anything in his past that can make him manipulated by these groups? I don't know. And see, that's what we're always trying to find out, isn't it? We talked about this earlier this week about how Donald Trump seemed to be the man who was telling us everything we wanted to hear. But then we find out his daughter is a witch, the Kabbalist witch. And Jared Kushner could be the Antichrist. <laughs> I mean, we start finding all this stuff out. They're the ones that have his ear in the White House. And then Roger Tom Stone tells me that Donald Trump just isn't that smart. And you think, what the heck? Who is this guy? Well, he's the guy they put out in front of us for all those years on The Apprentice to make people believe that he could run the United States of America because he would fire the people that were bad. And then he gets in there and he puts all the CFR guys in and all the Rothschild flunkies and all the weirdos in there. And when he put Gottlieb in the FDA, that's when I, that's when I and Austin, Austin, I just said, wait a minute, something ain't right. This guy's a big old vaccine pusher. And Trump said he was going to do investigations on vaccine like everybody wanted him to do and why they were causing autism. But suddenly he gets in the, into the White House, and now he puts Gutlieb in this big vaccine pusher. You see, all these guys are just sitting there doing algorithm research as to what they can make you believe. Now, to totally change the subject, go back to a health topic now this morning because Austin was talking about supplements. I had a friend of mine call me up this morning, and he said that his wife was suffering from mitral provalve prolapse. And let me tell you something about the heart. Now, this is some research that I did years and years and years ago. And what I found, a lot of people are suffering from congestive heart failure. Now, there have been several people that have done research, and they've talked about the lack of B vitamins in the heart that can cause a problem with the heart muscle. It says if you don't have particular amounts of B vitamins, they need to be methylated. Because remember, like Austin said, if they're not methylated, you can't use them in about 40% of the population. It says the results were in nerve conductivity problems, weakness in muscle paralysis, and congestive heart failure is a problem of poor nerve circuitry to the heart and almost paralyzing weakness of the muscle results in failure of the heart muscle to be able to pump out blood. You're getting the picture. Although the never recognized by the Food and Drug Administration, B vitamins, including B4 and B1, is one of the most Important nutrients needed for proper heart muscle action. That's why you need to be taking a good multiple B vitamin every day. This nutrient, this nutrient, nutrient is routinely missing from American diets. The so-called fortifying of foods with synthetic B1 simply doesn't make up for the deficiency B4 stores in the average diet. Okay, and the same thing. Oh, yeah, you need to also realize that you need to have different amino acids like arginine and glycine and cysteine for the heart to be strong. Also, remember, B4 cannot be synthesized. And it's even and even if someday it is manufactured in the lab, synthetic version would probably not get the job done. So always remember this stuff for the weakened heart. The heart, like other muscles, when it's weakened, becomes enlarged, congested, flaccid, which means it becomes soft and it's not like pumping hard anymore. It becomes often prolapsed, dropping from its original position in the chest. It is not unusual to require a stethoscope placement three to five inches below the normal area when listen, listening to a weakened heart. And so what these doctors, these researchers are saying that if you take the B vitamins on an ongoing basis, it massively increases the ability of the heart to pump properly. Now, think about that for a second. What in the world is it? Is it a broken heart or is it B vitamin deficiency? And, and the same thing goes on with constipation, involuntary muscle research, all of this stuff. You've got to be taking good B vitamins along with coenzyme Q10, along with vitamin E, along with, you know, zinc. And all of the stuff that we also tell you to do as far as maintaining a healthy immune system. Because as we talked about in yesterday's show, if you don't have the proper nutrients in the food, how in the world are you supposed to get it 
from from you know from the food. You can't because it's not there. So always remember that, guys. And again, the brainwashed Bernays groups they want you to believe that the only answer to any type of heart issue is going to be surgery or heart replacement. That's what they like you to do because that's very expensive surgery, and you have to get on a waiting list on a donor list. They don't talk about it. it's strengthening the heart. Now, do I believe that sometimes a heart has been so damaged that heart replacement surgery is the only thing you can do? Yes. Do I believe that sometimes that, you know, your valves are so messed up that you may have to replace the valves? It could be a possibility, yes. But the whole thing is this. I would not make that my, per- my course, first treatment course. If I start having issues with my heart, I would start hammering B vitamins, the methylated B vitamins. I would start really putting foods in that are high in B4. I would do everything I possibly could to get my heart strong again if that would work for me. In addition to that, I would also try to do some type of walking or exercise program, not vigorous if you've got heart issues. That's really important. You need to talk to your doctor about that too because you can end up all kinds of vascular pooling. But the reality is is you've got to take care of yourself from a young age. If you take care of yourself and you keep your supplements in your body, you take your vitamins, you work out, you stay strong, and you eat clean, it's amazing that you don't need a whole bunch of drugs. I'm 66. I'll be almost, I'll be 67 here in a few months. I feel great. Yesterday I grabbed the Easy Curl bar and I put 100 pounds on the bar and I got four or five really easy reps with 100 pounds on the Easy Curl bar. Last time I'd really done that was about a year and a half ago with Austin and I was checking to see how it felt because some of you guys are busting my chops and you're saying, well, you sent a video of us when you were 62 years old and you did eight reps with 100 pounds. I'm working on that, <laughs> doing curls. And guys, that's a. And I'm, now, now let me give you a warning. Doing curls, don't just jump in the gym and start doing heavy curls. You need a lot of stabilizer muscles to do that without, so you don't fall over backwards and hurt yourself. Be very, very careful because that's a really core exercise that determines the overall strength of your body, and it's it's pretty tough. I mean, I watched a guy one time; he put two and a quarter on the curl bar. Kid you not, he was a TV evangelist and a, he went to churches, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't respect him. But I remember he did, I think, 12 or 15. He did 15. It was 15 reps with two and a quarter on a curl bar. Well, then later I found out he's a heavy steroid freak. He's heavy into the steroid compounds. And I thought to myself, that's not right. But if you can curl your own body weight, that's ridiculously strong. I'll be honest with you. But if you can even do 100 pounds, that's really, really strong, especially in your 60s or 70s. But don't start off with that. But, you know, you may only be able to use five pounds. Use the five pounds. At least do something. Also, yesterday I started, in the last couple of days, actually, I've been starting to do the, the trampoline. I've been jogging on it from five to ten minutes a day because I'm going to be doing a really strenuous mountain hike here in a few weeks. And I want to really get my cardiovascular system really tuned up again. And that also really helps to maintain healthy blood pressure. So do something when you, if you're alive. Get out of bed. Do anything. Walk if you have, if you can. You know, do deep knee bends, holding onto a rail if you need to, to strengthen your thigh muscles and your quadriceps. Really important that you take care of yourself and you do something. And don't believe all the propaganda that you get from the media because, I'll be honest with you guys, remember what William Casey said? We'll know that we've done our work at the CIA when everything that everyone believes is a lie. That's who we're dealing with right now with all of these weirdos. Austin, what do you think, bud? What's your next story? You nailed it on the head. That's exactly what the CIA is designed to do. It's designed to spread misinformation. And that's the funny part, (laughs) the ironic part about what you've seen now with all these clowns that are coming unglued now. They're saying, I don't don't know what we're going to do now. Twitter's going to be an open platform for misinformation. And I'm sitting there laughing, and I'm going, not only do I don't buy the whole 
big the thing that they're they're selling. I'm not buying it with as far as the whole Twitter thing. There's something else going on on the scenes. Secondly, the same people that are coming unglued, the hardcore leftist communists that are coming unglued and screaming that it's now going to become a misinformation site are the same ones that have in their bio, oh, uh, my husband's having a baby now because men can have babies, and asinine stuff like that. These are the same people that are concerned about misinformation. Well, obviously you understand they're not concerned about misinformation. They are terrified that their misinformation is going to get called out for the lies that it is. And people like us on our show, the Ted and Austin Brower Show and Hagman, etc., are going to be able to continue to pump out truth repeatedly. That is what they're absolutely terrified of, is they cannot keep a narrative going when the other side is able to legitimately rebuttal what they keep lying and telling about. This is what I've said repeatedly. This is why it's so crucially important that you speak up on certain topics that you know things about and that you know to be true. I mean that sincerely. It doesn't matter if it's online. doesn't matter if it's in person. doesn't matter if it's on a show that you're on. Speak up about something. If you hear some really, really hardcore leftist rhetoric getting pumped out, rebuttal it. You know, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to get in people's face. You don't, obviously, don't make threats. I never, I never recommend that. Threats are useless. If somebody threatens you, you handle the situation as they're threatening you. But don't walk around threatening people or making threats, threatful gestures. It's stupid. I saw a video the other day somebody sent me. It was at a Costco up north. Another masked freak, just, just absolute Covidian cult freak with like two masks on. This is just recently. It's like a week and a half ago. And he's in Costco, and one of the main managers, I guess he needed something, and the managers came over, and he wasn't wearing a mask. And this guy comes unglued. What? You're not wearing a mask. You stay away from me. Pulls out a can of mace. Pulls out a can of mace and sticks it out. Says, do not come any closer, or I'm going to mace you. And the manager looks at him, and he goes, Dude, what are you doing, bro? He goes, don't, do not, do not come any closer. You don't have a mask on. You're going to kill me. I'm going to defend myself. And he goes, I'm calling security, and you're getting escorted off the property. And he goes to grab the phone, and the guy with the mace walks up to him and shoves him back, puts his hands on him. He shoves the manager back, then jumps back another, like, eight feet and pulls the mace out again. And another manager comes over and is like, dude, you got to go now. Like, you are unhinged. You cannot be here, period. We're calling law enforcement. He goes, well, I don't need to be here anyways. I don't know what your problem is. Puts the mace in his pocket and runs out the door. And I'm going, yeah, there really are people that stupid, that moronic, that insane, that ignorant, that they are willing to assault other people, put hands on people, which is battery, pull out mace and threaten people because they're not wearing a mask. That shows you the power of propaganda on weak-minded people that do not do their own research and that refuse to ask questions and only believe the lies that they're told. So do I think the propaganda that they're spewing out of mainstream media is effective? Oh, you better believe it is. It's very effective. It is very real, and it is very, very real. And you have to understand that when you start looking at the stuff and continue to get it out there. For example, in other news, this is something I wanted to bring up because I found this grossly disturbing as we're seeing, right, this massive food shortage all across the world. I've told you guys that about that. But this kind of goes on a sidetrack of this but still is going to lead into this very aggressively. There's an article that just came out now from The Guardian, and it was from a couple days ago, and it was titled – 
Northern Ireland faces loss of one million sheep and cattle in order to meet climate targets. North Ireland's Assembly's first climate act will require the farming sector to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050. I can't make up this level of stupidity, guys. They said the large-scale reduction in farm animals is going to have to come after passing of the jurisdiction's first-ever climate act, which requires the farming sector to reach net zero carbon emissions by 2050 and reduce methane emissions by 50% over the same period. The analysis by KMG, including the Ulster Farmers Union, estimates at least 500,000 cattle will have to be reduced and about 700,000 sheep will have to be reduced, along with 5 million chickens by 2035 in order to get anywhere near these numbers. Now, I'm no rocket scientist, but I can do basic math. And when you start looking at population density, you start looking at the amount of food needed to feed a population and the amount of food in agriculture and the amount of money that's generated in agriculture and basically in the food industry and the meat industry. And you start looking at this and you're going, okay – One plus one isn't equaling two with these clowns. Obviously, they know they're going to try to attempt something over the next five to 10 to 20 years because there's no feasible way, A, the economy to handle cattle and sheep is going to be able to take this big of a loss in Ireland. The amount of people, remember, like 30% of the food is the, the agriculture of Northern Ireland is like agriculture with this stuff. These guys produce a lot of food. They're a great sheep or a lamb over there. I remember when we, I went to Ireland years ago. Me and Dad went over there with the family. And, I mean, they got lamb shanks that are just incredible over there. And yet they're saying this is going to have to be reduced. Now, here's the thing that I wanted to bring up. This is the lunacy. I want to bring up some facts. This is an article from 2019, <laughs> over two years ago now, when this article came out, titled The Methane Myth. Why cows aren't responsible for climate change. And it goes on to say there's an argument that's gained significant amount of traction with more and more people adopting vegan diets in response to repeated reports, including from the United Nations, that livestock are the major contributor to the world's environmental problems. Air quality expert Frame Mator, professor of animal science at UC Davis in California, said, for those who say cows contribute those greenhouse gas emissions, it's simply a lie. Livestock's impacts have been hugely overstated. The issue is partly down to the methods used to calculate livestock impact. The UN's most significant report, Livestock's Long Shadow, claims livestock are responsible for almost 20% of total greenhouse emissions in the entire world. But the figure calculated by emissions, it calculates the entire supply chain. From land use to processing to refrigeration in supermarkets to vehicle transport to the amount of emissions that are produced due to the fuel that's used in the transport. It's absolute bogus numbers. They fudge the numbers intentionally. They go on to say here, but perhaps the most significant, however, is the lack of understanding about the methane famously emitted in cow's burps and how it acts in the environment. After 10 years, methane is broken down in a process called hydroxyl oxidation, which turns into CO2. Entering into a carbon cycle, which sees the gas absorbed by plants, converted into cellulose, and then eaten by livestock. To put into context, each year 558 million tons of methane is produced globally, with 188 million tons coming from agriculture. Almost the entire quantity, 548 million tons a year, is broken down through oxidation absorbed by plants and soils as part of what's called the sink effect. Now, for some odd reason, 
I guess these guys that produced these articles like the one in Northern Ireland here, they forgot what they learned in middle school about plants <laughs> and photosynthesis. Plants derive energy from the sun to transform carbon dioxide into glucose and oxygen. Plants make food into their leaves. Carbon dioxide in the air stimulates the growth of pretty much all living plants on Earth. It's called photosynthesis. Unlike animals, plants make their own food <laughs> through carbon dioxide. So this asinine concept that some reason now, all of a sudden in 2020, 2022, that we need to suddenly stop all carbon dioxide and make sure there's no animal farts on the entire planet and it's somehow going to change the entire construct of the entire world is a complete and total fabricated lie directly out of the pit of hell designed to increase the ability to re to basically cause more control, more domination, more money sucking from the banking boys like the cockroach leeches that they are to suck more money out of the economy in order to save the planet. When in reality, guess what? Last time I checked, cows didn't just start being produced five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago or 30 years ago or 50 years ago or 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. They've been around for a very long time. Photosynthesis has been around since the beginning of time. The earth was designed to function like this. Now am I saying there are not significant countries that pollute unbelievable amounts of garbage? Absolutely. China being the number one. China is the number one polluter of every single type of pollution in the entire world. Notice how much restrictions they put on themselves. Oh, yeah. But what about India? India is like the number third. They say the United States is number two, but I've never been able to get realistic numbers, especially when it talks about per capita and land mass, considering the fact of what there's been so many restrictions in the automotive industry through the EPA and catalytic converters. A lot of vehicles, the pollution is virtually none if they actually have these things that are on them. And not to mention when you start talking about electricity and making electricity to power all these electric vehicles, the concepts of moot point especially when you have diesel and diesel-powered generators in order to produce power to charge the electric cars. I've always got a kick out of that one. And what's interesting, one that nobody ever seems to talk about, is that the actual number one ranking pollutive country in the entire world per capita is Qatar. Next is Kuwait. Next is United Arab Emirates. Oh, that's the top three per capita, per populace? Oh, yeah. Well, that's funny. I never hear about any of those guys having more restrictions or following green deals or getting in the next green deal or basically was it the, the French deal they came out with or the United Nations putting restrictions on them. Pretty much last time I heard Qatar and Kuwait and United Arab Emirates, they kind of do whatever the heck they want to do over there. They're actually they do do whatever the heck they want to do over there, including a lot of those royal family and princes in videos I've personally seen racing their cars down crowded driveways and you know streets and neighborhoods in excess of 150 miles an hour wrecking cars dumping them off at their 
one of their 50 houses and then jumping on a private jet, jumping back to Qatar so they basically couldn't be arrested. That's happened numerous times. So before we start running around and say when you start butchering a million animals and do not produce any more and let's kill five million chickens because, hey, it's going to reduce the methane and stop greenhouse emissions in the entire country. Why don't we do some realistic observation and true reporting and stop listening to the United Nations? Again, exactly what I just talked about and Dad just talked about. Propaganda lies in order to keep the narrative going. The World Economic Forum is absolutely bent along with the United Nations, all globalist-controlled entities in order to try to force the general public into a direction they do not want to go and they do not need to go in order to have more control over them. They already said, and I talked about this at the end of 2020, there were articles that were coming out in 2020 and 2021 discussing the benefits of full lockdowns globally and how we may need to have a rollout of lockdown benefits for climate crisis is next, not just for COVID. That's literally what they said. There were three different articles I quoted a year and a half ago when that started coming out. They're already spooling up the next realm to do this. That is why they're trying to push the EV vehicles right now to get people on board with more climate change lies so they can continue to go in and say, this is what you have to do because we said so because we know more than you. Climate change is very real. The earth continues to adapt. You ever heard of things called tectonic plates? The whole world's shifting and moving on a regular basis. Everything changes on this earth. It goes through cycles. It always has. The complete and total fabricated lie that they've told us is that, hey, if you listen to us, if you give up your freedoms, if you give us more money, we'll somehow make the changes stop on the earth, which they know for a fact is impossible. The earth will continue to do whatever the earth is supposed to do, and there's nothing you or I are going to do about it, especially giving our money, freedom, and rights away to a globalist entity that simply wants to see everyone die. That's just a fact. What do you think, Dad? What's your next story on that? Well, personally, the biggest cause of climate change is geoengineering, period. And uh, but this, uh, they don't want to talk about it because the geoengineering is causing huge amounts of methane gas to be released from the Arctic circles in different areas in the world. And this Arctic, this methane gas is very, 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 how should I say, it will induce greenhouse gas, you know, in, in temperature increase. But they're doing this, you know, using jets and using jet fuel and spraying barium and aluminum on the entire population, which is also poisoning the soil. I mean, these people nauseate me beyond belief because, number one, they know they're doing it because of what they're doing with the barium and aluminum salts. They know they're destroying the ecosystem, and they know they're causing the global warming. But because they're doing this for over-the-counter, over-the-horizon over radar, because they're doing it because they want to increase the conductivity of the atmosphere for their 5G, 6G interface to control you, because they're doing all of this stuff, pumping this stuff into the atmosphere, they know that they're causing all of this stuff. But they don't want you to realize that, do they? You know, Dane Whittington has come on the show multiple times and talked about this in detail. He's a brilliant man. He's a very, very dedicated man, and he talks about the geoengineering and what they're doing and how they're creating this crisis. So the same guys that are creating the crisis are telling us now that we have to get rid of our livestock because we have to get rid of methane, where they're the ones that are causing almost all of the methane release. And not, let's not even mention China. I've been to China. I've been to China. I've walked the Great Wall. I've been to Shanghai. I've been to Hong Kong. I've been to Beijing. And you can't breathe there without a mask on. You, there I wore a mask, guys. There I had a doggone washcloth tied around my face. I really did, a wet washcloth, because it was so bad to breathe. And almost all the locals there are coughing and hacking constantly because they all have lung damage and lung disease. China is the number one polluter in the world, period. 
The United States doesn't even come in a close second to China, but because China's controlled by the Rothschild banking cartel, okay, through the central banks, through the introduction of the Chinese government and the overthrow of China as far as the individuals, you know, many, many years ago now, China basically is allowed to have a, how should I say, a pass on any of this stuff, but yet they want to restrict us more and more and more and more. Chinese won't even, the Chinese won't even, they're using coal-powered plants over there, and they won't even put wet scrubbers on their stacks, smokestacks. Wet scrubbers, two different brushes that rub together when the smoke's going through them, and the brushes are wet, and they rub back and forth, and they take almost all of the particulate out of the air. So all you're getting basically is heat coming out of the stacks instead of particulate matter. It was so bad in China when I was there that when we got back on the ship, the entire ship was covered in coal ash. I mean, they had to come out there and wash the entire ship down. That's how bad it was in China. And so they don't want us to talk about that because, you know, how many people have gone to China? Well, I have gone to China, so I'm telling you what I saw. Now, a couple more things I want to share with you. A uh, guy at the family Dollar Tree, you haven't covered this yet, have you, Austin, up there, in the, you know, up north? No, I have not. Yeah, his name was Antonio Beatriz. He was, it looks like he's Hispanic. He basically fired six shots into the back of a shoplifter in Houston, Troy Odom. He's a black guy. I felt sorry for him. Don't get me wrong. He shouldn't have been shoplifting. But, guys, when you're working someplace and someone's trying to run away and they're shoplifting, just let them go. It's not worth the few quarts of oil he was selling. It's stupid. All right? He killed the guy. And the guy was running away from him, so he's been charged with murder now. When you have the ability to carry deadly force, always remember, if the person is running away from you, there's a high probability if you shoot them in the back, you're going to be charged with murder, which is exactly what happened here. The only time you really get away with shooting people, I guess, apparently, is in a movie theater. And I didn't really cover this until I saw it yesterday. That police officer who was basically harassed by the guy on his cell phone who supposedly threw his phone at him, supposedly threw pop cap, popcorn at him, who then turned around and took his thirty eight and killed the guy, he's been acquitted in Florida. <laughs> I just thought I'd mention that. He's not to do any every, – he had every charge that he was acquitted on every charge. I guess because the guy was young who was doing this to him. I guess because this guy was old. I guess because the guy was a former cop. And they even said, his defense attorney said, look, the main person in this theater who knew about what harassment was, et cetera, et cetera, was this guy, this ex-cop. And this was on, by the way, for eight years this has been going on. And he was completely released and found not guilty on all charges. So I guess sometimes it's who you know and not or who you are versus what you do. Now, mind you, what should the guy have done? He should have got up and just moved to a different seat or gone in his whole security in the, in, the, in the theater, what this guy was doing. That had been the easiest way to handle this instead of killing this guy. But needless to say, he's been let off now. And now, by the way, I will say this. That was white on white crime. If the white guy had shot a black guy, all hell would have broke loose. And I'll give the blacks credit for this. Got, and I will for a lot of different reasons, too. Okay, They really stick together as a race. I really like that. I, I, I mean, I'm saying that in all respect. I like that. You see a black person broken down on the side of the road. There's another black person always stopping to help them. I really, really like that camaraderie that they have as a race. And I think that we all should experience and do that. And we all should be helping everybody, including regardless of what race they are, as long as it's a safe situation to do so. But, guys, it's really important that all of us in all ways and at all times seek to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. It really is. And always remember, he is the author and he is the finisher and he is the perfecter of our faith. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. Jesus is Lord, period. And every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that in the final days. I promise you that. I love you guys. I appreciate appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. 
He's absolutely, and he's exactly right about that. I've had this discussion with numerous people, especially in law enforcement and other tactical guys that I've trained with, concealed carry holders. When you have a concealed carry weapon, under no circumstances can you pretty much just walk around. And if somebody's committing even a, a crime, if they're running away and they don't have a weapon in their hand that they're basically pointing at you, shooting at you while they're running away, dude, you can't just start shooting people in the back while they're trying to flee. It doesn't really matter if they're stealing something or not. It just doesn't work that way. That even is in the case and a lot of times on your own property. If you have somebody that's trespassing but they're unarmed, and they're running away from you and they stole a, a you know a shovel or a car stereo or a tire whatever it is you can't just start unloading a magazine in their spine while they're running away from you always know the restrictions of using deadly force because it's not just all open especially as in the same either, either state so understand that especially if you're going to start carrying a firearm as I highly encourage everybody to do to be able to defend yourselves but know your laws Know your weapon and know how to train with that weapon and know how it functions, whether it be reloading, handling, tactics with it, clearing malfunctions. Know that weapon. Don't just buy a weapon at a gun show or your gun store, stuff it in your pants, and think you're Rambo. It doesn't work like that. You're going to hurt yourself and or somebody else. So please, by all means, take some weapons training if you need that right now. Also, too, one thing I wanted to point out, if you guys needed anything coming up, on the website, it looks like we're going to be having a sale probably tomorrow or Friday on regular priced products. I'm going to be doing this early. I'll let you guys know. I have a coupon code coming out, so be ready for that. Also, be sure to check out the product of the week that will be changing again today, the B-Complex formula on the website at healthmasters.com. Stay tuned for more stuff that we have coming down the pipeline. We've got a new product coming out that I think you're going to like a lot. It's going to be coming pretty soon. should be here in the next couple days. I'm excited to get it rolling out. Thank you again for your support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network. <laughs> 